here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, this is the king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett, the president and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Shake Them Ropes. Robin McCarron. Why not bring Virgil back? He's in the game. Cross-promotion. Bring him back. Jeff Hawkins. We have more stories for Virgil than we have half of our mid-card. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know with your explanation how they can't bring him back at this point. This year is coming up, Virgil. He needs the money. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 76. Rob McCarron here, alongside Jeff Hawkins via the internet, as usual. Jeff, hello. How are you on this uh, Tuesday? The first oh, Tuesday of April, I think, that we're t- recording, aren't we? Yes, it is. Yeah. What's up? I'm all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Let's talk some graps. We're going to talk pro graps today. We're going to talk about uh, WWE. We're going to talk about Raw from this Monday, John Cena on the uh, Live with Chris Jericho show on the network, some NXT. Uh, we also will get into Wrestle War 1991 as we discuss match number 83 on our top 100 matches to see on WWE Network countdown. This is not our countdown. It is WWE.com's countdown, but we're going through the matches, reviewing, taking a trip through the uh, time machine. And we got war games from Wrestle War 1991 that we're going to talk about today. But first, Jeff, you went to PWG on Friday night. I did. How was that experience for you this time around? It was great. It's probably the one of the better, if not the best, PWG experience I've had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that show brought to you by Naps. Naps are awesome. Um, <laughs> it's much better when you go in not. <laughs> Deathly tired. <laughs> that that tried to pull it all nighter and also not wet from the rain. Right. Um also just the matches themselves were varied in styles. And I think that helped a lot. It was an easy to watch card. Uh-huh. There wasn't there wasn't like necessarily matches that, you know, are going to transcend. Uh but I highly recommend getting this DVD and see if you uh see if you see the same thing. I thought I thought, I mean the uh, the Trevor Lee uh, speedball Mike Bailey match may make my top ten yeah. towards the, towards the bottom of the list. I thought that that match was just out off the wall crazy. Uh, Andrew Bennett almost killed himself against Ricochet. Uh, Chris Hero and Tommy End beat the crap out of each other, and I I don't say that facetiously. Chris Hero, we've been saying his career trajectory has been kind of following Barry Windham. I think it's kind of following Danny Spivey and this is his all Japan uh, tour because Chris hero was a man beast on this night. I know we make fun of him because he likes to eat and he may not like the cardio all that much, but my God, this man, 
when they say Chris Hero ain't nothing to F with, he ain't nothing to F with. Let me put it that way. Um, the tag team matches were of various styles that I liked. Um, I enjoyed the Monster Mafia, and I enjoyed um, uh, the Beaver Boys uh, in their matches. And and Roddy Strong is doing some great, great heel work. So, I mean, overall, great, great night. Uh, bit of a thrill for me. Someone walked by me, looked at me, and went, uh, are you Jeff Hawkins? And usually that's followed by, you're an asshole, or something or, like that. Or you've been served. Or, or yes, here, here's, here's the restraining order, Mr. Hawkins. Nobody looks at me, goes, I enjoy your show, keep it up. Went to a seat, so I was like, all right, that'll... 1459 and counting. I'll enjoy that. Thank hey, you. Hey, only, uh, yeah, only 14 months into the show and we finally get recognized for it. Well, well and there was a, there was another, uh, person who follows us on Twitter who drove up from San Diego, but I didn't get a chance to meet him. So, mm-hmm. uh, he had to leave and, uh, you know, I apologize for not being able to seek him out a little bit more, but, uh, no fun, fun night. I, I, I highly recommend getting the DVD and seeing if you guys are on, as high on this as I am, because I thought it was just, a. Uh, Really, really strong show. It'll only be 15 bucks, and it'll be on uh, ProWrestlingGorilla.com. You can pre-order now. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing it. I just uh, recently saw, uh, what was the last one? From Out of Nowhere. From Out of Nowhere. I just watched that one. Love me some PWG. All the guys go away, and they're bringing new names, and all of a sudden they're still having amazing cards. Go I figure. Think the, I think me sitting in the front row may have had something to do with it also, because you always have to be on your guard yeah. to move when people are flying around you and whatnot. But Absolutely. It wasn't as crowded for uh, from, from out of nowhere. I think that also helped a little bit. And yeah, I mean, just being rested and being able to sit down and being able to relax a bit and uh, not being half asleep. I, I, I really, but, you know, it's as good of a show as I've seen in maybe about six years there. So I, I really, really liked it top to bottom. Oh, and, and, and Zack Sabre, Zack Sabre, Roddy Strong, again, Roddy Strong doing some great heel work. I, I didn't think it was as good as the Kyle O'Reilly match from uh, Bola. This past uh, year, but uh, it was still just a really, really fun, really, really strong match, I yeah. thought. You can find the show at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, shakethemropes.com, and voicesofwrestling.com. I get increasingly more excited about the possibility, Jeff, if all of us can go to Dallas for WrestleMania next year. Okay. Like, if we all get there and we're there, I am increasingly excited for the possibility of doing a live podcast with some of the people who listen, some of the people who've called in, some of the people that we've met uh, at various uh, little gatherings, I'm, I already I'm, have a, I already have a room reserved. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm hoping this happens. It may I mean it's gonna be low key. I'm not expecting like to do a live podcast. No, oh, there's a hundred people showing up. But like if we can you know get a group together and do a show, I think that would be a fun time. I'm maybe, you know it's a year away, but I'm I'm excited for the possibility. Maybe a joint one with the other voices of wrestling guys. Maybe maybe, maybe. indeed maybe. like a whole uh, a whole thing a whole shindig a whole get you you'll just be there <laughs> recording podcasts watching wrestling watching gabe sapolsky go crazy as he books 15 cards in a week it'll be a good time it'll be a good time um let's talk raw shall we okay raw from this week was a show yeah that i finally did not watch on monday night okay i watched it today I did as well. I skipped some things that were boring to me. I did not. It went so quickly. I loved it so much. As I am no longer writing these reports for F4W, I am just free at will to watch the show at my leisure. And that is the best thing all time on my life. 
Okay. What did you think of the show, though, Rob? I thought it was a great show. Did you? It was the best Raw I've ever seen. Don't be facetious. I'm not. It was the best show I've ever seen. At least in the last two years. I don't know what it is. I honestly... This Raw was stronger than last week's Raw to you? Uh, It might have been, actually, yes. But wow. we'll, we'll get there. Last week's Raw was kind of, you know, whatever. Um, This is my main point, is the fact that I did not have to watch it live on Monday. It wasn't a set. It wasn't like work to me where, okay, this is what I have to do from seven to 10. I was able to watch this on my own. I was able to uh, kind of skip ahead from things like uh, when I wasn't too thrilled with something, just get to the next segment or whatever. But there was a relief there. There was a fact that I could enjoy the show more. But then you're not really watching Raw if you're skipping segments. I'm not skipping the whole thing. I pretty much watched the entire show, but like I was able to skip around. Like I heard, okay, Neville and Seth Rollins have a match. So I went to that first and then went back to everything else. Like I was able to enjoy the stuff I wanted to see right away and then kind of fill in the gaps with everything else. I mean, I saw the whole show. I mean, if I didn't, if I would have skipped segments, I wouldn't have seen the most glorious five-second cameo of Brad Maddox. Okay. I watched the show. All right. Brad Maddox was on it. That is an A+. Naomi is getting pinfalls over Nikki Bella like crazy for the last two months. She pinned... Nikki Bella was pinned by Naomi on WWE main event a couple of weeks ago, like in a one-on-one singles match, just pinned clean on the road to WrestleMania. Of course, that match doesn't exist in WWE Universe anymore because now it's all about Naomi pinning Nikki on Raw in tag team matches. She outright pinned the champ in the weirdest match of all time. But now we got a new women's contender. We got a couple of matches announced for Extreme Rules coming up at the end of April. Uh, this this show was a strong show. It was wrestling heavy. You didn't you you got the return of Bray Wyatt in a promo video, just spouting out stuff again. You got no Rusev. You didn't have the authority. It was wrestling heavy. It was Seth Rollins as the new champion getting a clean win, for the most part, a strong win, if you will, against a fan favorite. I, I thought this show was very enjoyable. I really did think it was a pretty strong show. I, I liked parts of it quite a, quite a lot. I think they did themselves a disservice in the storytelling department by basically tipping their hand on the triangle match for the last segment, as opposed to these guys have to win to get into the triangle match. Because then it just, I don't have to watch those three matches then, do I? Because there's no consequences to it. I, 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 th- I found that odd. I, I don't know if, if you picked up on that or not. In the well, course of the night. This was another story where it was there to fill the three hours, like it was a self-contained story that... No, but I mean, you could still have the self-contained story, but you just set it up, okay, I'm going to set up these three matches, and the winners of those go into that, this triangle match that's for the probably number better, one contender. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, that's... And, and, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then and then it's like, ooh, are the authority going to end up screwing one of these guys that's in there? Are they going to screw Roman Reigns? Are they going to screw Randy Orton? Or well, what's going to go on? Well, not even... You know, not even that, just, you know, you have these three matches, almost tournament style, where yeah. just say the winner gets in the main event. So you don't know exactly what the main event's going to be. You have to watch okay. the show to figure yes. it out. You don't really exactly. think who's going to get screwed here. But say you have the Ryback against Luke Harper or any of these matches right, like that. Like, which one is going to go? You don't know. But when you no. announce, okay, these are the three guys, and now they have to win to get in the match. Well, there's no, what if one of them loses? Like, the other guy just doesn't get in the match? You know, right. it, I... 
that's definitely a case. I thought that was kind of weird, but and I think I think they did that because of the basketball. But I mean, that's still it, it's it's lazy. Um, I wonder if they fear that if they would have done that, like we're gonna have three matches and the winner will be in the triple threat. You cannot watch anything because you would have known who won those matches when you came back to the main event segment to actually watch the triple threat. Well, you knew who was in the triple threat to begin with, so you didn't want to need to watch the matches. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I I know a lot, a lot of people kind of poo-poo the Adrian Neville match, or Neville, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't. I think no. this is basically where he's going to be. I thought the match was great. They well, screwed him out of the t- They screwed him out of the match. Um, the second RKO might've been a bit much, or not RKO, the curb stomp might've been a bit much. Uh, but overall, I think he had a very strong showing and I think this is going to be the level he's going to be at. He's basically going to be Kofi Kingston. Well, I think he's going to be bigger than Kofi Kingston, at least how he is now. What at Kofi Kingston's peak, that's probably where you're, I mean, you're right. That's probably where Neville's going to be, you know, at, at Kofi Kingston's peak. But I, I love how everyone likes to go for the negatives here. You have Seth Rollins, who's the new champion, who needs to get clean wins because he won the title as a fluke, basically. And you have Neville, who's this rookie, this guy who just came up, and his win right now is Curtis Axel. Like, he's going against the champion, who in theory should be the best. And what people are looking at is, oh, I can't believe he jobbed out Neville. I mean, he had this big debut, and then he loses right away. Instead of... Oh my God, they gave Seth Rollins a good win against someone who has a little credibility. Not a lot because he hasn't done anything on WWE TV yet. But he gave Seth Rollins, the new champion, a big win, a good match on Raw. Like, let's look at the positives here. Seth Rollins just got a win in his, you know, coming out party as the world champion. No, I I agree. I, I, I wouldn't have gone with the interview, don't let him talk and then call him a pipsqueak. I thought that might've shaded him a bit, even though he's smaller. I get that. I think it's unrealistic expectations though, by a lot of people that think, okay, they're going, they're bringing up the NXT people to be main event guys. They're not necessarily. And I don't think Adrian Neville is going to be a main event guy. Necessarily. He's going to be a quote unquote mechanic on the roster. That's going to make a lot of guys look good. He's going to get, he's going to beat lower card heels and he's going to get fed to upper card, uh, you know, big guys, I think. Because his role. Make them look good. That's his role. His That's role what's... also is because he does all the high flying stuff, the fans will get behind him whether he loses yes. every match or not. Yeah, you don't. You, he doesn't need to be built with wins because he has aerial moves. Um, and, and he's good enough where it's not going to be like Sin Cara. Right. You know, I mean, I won't be surprised to see him in a six man against the New Day come next Raw or even on SmackDown tonight. But I thought the win, I thought, I thought the match was really, really strong. I thought he looked great in it. I don't like um, that they keep, like you said, I don't like that they mention how you know make fun of him for the size and the small. Let's accentuate the positives about Neville. Yeah, you know? and, and yeah, but that's their move. I, I mean, know, it, I know it's their move, but that doesn't make it right. Well, no, no, I agree. We'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit later with the uh, with the Becky Lynch thing. I think, but uh, no, I liked that. I like I like John Cena as the world television champ. Yeah, that, where you get the, the main event match from main event match in any arena. I thought Stardust looked particularly good in this match. You have John Cena who's done this open challenge series now, kind of like when Kurt Angle was doing the gold medal uh, challenge. Well, it's it's a little bit of a throwback to the territories where the TV champ would would wrestle every week in a quote unquote main event match, or it'd be a ten thousand dollar beat the champ kind of match thing. 
And we, it would be kind of a treat. I like it. I like it a lot. I love it because you do this. Uh, it's funny. So far, the two challengers to him were the two losers of the IC title ladder match. Like, mm-hmm. let's just go for another title while while we are, are at it. But Stardust has an excellent match. You know, the week ago, Dean Ambrose had an excellent match with John Cena. John Cena has been the MVP of Raw for the last two weeks to me. I, I love this idea, too, because you're going to have the match with Rusev at Extreme Rules. And if John Cena wins, like a cool gimmick with this could be like, he's going to keep doing these open challenges on raw. He's going to be this defending champion of the United States. The whole reason why he was in this match to begin with, with Rusev. And you're going to get that week, hopefully where someone just comes out of nowhere to maybe like get John Cena at the very edge. And then they have a rematch or straight up beat John Cena for the title. And you can make someone in front of $4 million or 4 million viewers on WWE raw. Yeah. I I I wonder what they're where they're who they're going to give the loss to. Or I would have. I I honestly like. I know you do Dean Ambrose, and it was a hot match. Like Dean Ambrose might have been the guy. Like save him for later. Yeah, I would think so. You can you can have someone else come up. You can have an NXT or come up. You can I have think Sammy Zayn's or Finn. Finn. I think Finn might be the guy. Yeah. But uh, no. Speaking of accentuating the positives, my one real drawback of this show, th- this whole commentary thing all night felt like a rib on Byron Saxton. Well, if you watch the WrestleMania pre-shows with Byron Saxton in the panel, uh-huh. and then you watch Brian or Byron Saxton on some of these panel shows and everyone's mocking him, the WrestleMania today's, yeah. it, it certainly appears like there's something to everyone making fun of Byron. Like, I don't know what the goal is or if they just like, okay, we need to find someone to pick on. I mean, but- just even from the opening, the opening was Byron setting up everything, blah, blah, da, 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 And then he throws it to Booker and Booker just sits there silently. And I'm like, way to help him out. And JBL barges in every time. And every time Byron Saxon said something, he attacks him for what he said. I was just like, what are they doing to this poor guy? They're just going to make him look like garbage well, every time he opens his mouth. Let, let's, uh, yeah. Byron Saxon's not very good. He's not very good. I get that. But why would you accentuate that? That that just seems odd. Maybe, I mean, those are... maybe this whole thing is a rib to make us miss Michael Cole. Maybe. You know, like, yo, you guys don't want Michael Cole anymore? You think he's that bad? Well, we're going to give you Byron Saxton. And the only other thing I had written down here is uh, I, I liked the primetime player segment. I, I know too. some people didn't. I, I heard some people some, did. Some, I people read were, it somewhere. some people were claiming that it didn't get over. And I'm like, well, one, the crowd was mostly muted. Like it was muted in the middle. So you could hear the two guys. I was a little uncomfortable with the use of the word buckwheat about a African-American wrestler. But other than that, I mean, I thought it was funny. I mean, it, it this, is some, who the prime, this is who the primetime players are. Yeah. Given personality it, and Titus yeah. O'Neil has loads of it. Yes. Why not? Just let him do that. Um, Roman and, and, hey, big... and hey, we're getting two more hours of this on Thursday, starting in 2016. <laughs> well, we already have the two hours of it, just switching channels. Um, yeah. Byron Saxton, or not Byron Saxton, but Big Show. Yes. You know, they look the same. Uh, big Show and Roman Reigns certainly appears on set to be uh, an Extreme Rules match. Yay. Stairs match. Come on. Well, the weird thing is that we have three matches for Extreme Rules right now. We have the world title with Rollins and Orton. We have the okay. U.S. title with Cena and Rusev. And we have the Intercontinental title with Barrett and Daniel Bryan. But not a single match yet has any stipulations except for their for the titles. Right. I, I don't know if they're going to give stipulations to all of them. They will 
in in the hard sell. On you have, the last yeah, game. you have a couple of weeks. You have a couple yeah. of weeks. But what would you give to Orton and Rollins? Just a no DQ or a... Uh, well, that'll be that'll be Rollins's choice. He's the champ. I want this to be no DQ so he can have lots of interference. Lots of interference. Lots of yeah. it. Um, who is... So we saw Bray Wyatt speak uh-huh. on this show. Uh, just uh-huh. cutting a regular promo, a la the build-up to Undertaker, without referencing anyone specifically, or at least I didn't think he was referencing anyone specifically. What, I don't either. Who's next for Bray Wyatt? Like, is there a reason the Ryback was put on a pedestal, kind of? I thought uh, I thought it might be Ryback, but on the other hand, I mean, you got to give somebody break and beat now. It's time to let Bray get some wins. Don't you think Bray could beat the Ryback, though? I don't think they'd want him to. I also, I also for a moment thought they might turn Ryback heel after this week. That that might be the, since they're, or, yeah, they're they're since they're missing heels on one side. The Ryback but, going for that big show record of most heel face turns. Yeah, I I don't know though. I, that sounds like a bad idea. I I don't know. I I really. I mean, if they're putting him on this pedestal, maybe they think he can take that loss against Bray and well, be fine. I just thought that they were putting because it was kind of out of nowhere how the Ryback gets in this match. And, oh, it might be Eric Rowan for all we know. Yeah, it could be. It could be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, but like the Ryback would somewhat make sense because I think he's a babyface on the roster who's who's gotten himself to the upper mid card and the crowd gets behind him. But at the same time, the crowd's not ready at all to make him a main eventer. Correct. But you can feed him to Bray Wyatt because that's a somewhat strong win for Bray and Bray is the one who has the possibility to go places. I'm fine with that. So I, I thought that might be what they're doing, but I'm not exactly sure. Cause yeah, Bray was very vague in this, uh, in this return promo, not even referencing the undertaker. I think that's the new gimmick is once you lose the undertaker, it's like, that was the special event. Let's go back to thinking it didn't happen. Um, it's like, it's like it appears it's in an alternate universe. Yeah, it's, it's a one-time thing. Like what happens at WrestleMania with the undertaker doesn't really matter elsewhere. Right. That was WWE raw. Yeah. We, have, we have the matches for extreme rules. I didn't think it was as strong as you did, but I mean, I thought there was some, I thought it was solid there. because I mean, I'm watching yeah. these shows for three hours for the last two years live with no breaks, just watching it, like being forced to watch every single segment and write about it. And I just thought it was easy viewing to me. I thought the three hours went by quicker than I remember a show going by in a long time. Well, you also weren't writing down a bunch right. of details and things. Exactly. And maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my personal. That's kind of like me and PWG this week where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm relaxed. I don't have to worry about stressing to stay awake or anything. I'll right. be good. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, the next NXT TV taping is happening on April 23rd, uh, probably yes. taping the final TV leading up to the uh, a May 27th NXT special. Um this week is San Jose, right? They're going to show you highlights from the show I went to. They're not. It's not going to be from San Jose, especially. It's going to be WrestleMania week. It's going to be a lot of the stuff okay. they filmed at Access. Access. I don't okay. think you're going to get any full matches from San Jose, honestly. Oh, okay, darn. But Sorry. you may. I mean, we'll yeah. see. But that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be an hour puff piece of NXT from the whole WrestleMania week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would kind of not anticipate an entire yeah, match don't, don't get don't get your hopes or at least not an entire <laughs> match for all you know they could show the tournament you know the matches well, they, from access and not from i think San Jose. they may show that because they didn't have any boom cams or anything like that so um well they, and they may show who knows the owen zane confrontation they might show uh some of the pieces but it, it's going to be a largely a puff kind of highlight show uh if okay. you will from nxt um but last week we had i know you want to talk about this becky lynch I, well, I mean, since I've harped on it for a couple of weeks, I 
I thought this was the strongest promo she's given yet, and it showed something. I would certainly I, I agree was, with that. I thought it was great. Um, I'm not so sure about the the pun, the and Bexty, but and Bexty, but, but it's part of her personality, so I'll take it. But I she's just, finally she's finally off on her own. She's thinking yeah. about herself. She's not thinking about being the best sidekick she can be. Well, she's finally talking about something in these promos, which is nice as well, as opposed to just kind of giving generic statements. Right. Um, I think, though, they did a little bit of a disservice to her, and this is just true for everybody on the roster because it's now become a pet peeve of mine, this way that they film their interviews with people standing at a 45-degree angle mm-hmm. so they can pan out. I think, she, and 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 since one of the things about NXT and whatnot is you're trying to get a connection with the audience, why not just have them stand and give the interview directly into the camera? Because at the same time, while Becky's promo had a lot of great content to it, towards the middle there, you could see her just kind of, her eyes just wandering all over the place as if she had nowhere to focus. Because that's what they tell the people on the main roster. Like, if you watch the Ryback one from Raw, he's focused, I think, possibly on either cue cards or a teleprompter or a spot on the wall or something. I think you... Because the interviewer doesn't really matter, and even if they did, you could still do it this way, because all they're doing is asking, how do you feel? What's your thoughts? They're, they're not really having an interaction with these people. Let the talent... And this is an acting kind of note give the interview directly into the camera and you automatically make the connection. You focus younger talent a lot better and, and go from there. I just, I I think the way that the WWE does these interviews is really killing them. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I I mean, I like the interviews that start off with, okay, you have the interviewer ask the question. The person goes into their little spiel. Person should be looking at the camera you know, straight into us, she, like she or he is talking to us and kind of pan, uh, zoom in on them, let the interviewer go off the screen because the interviewer at that point does not matter. I mean, you're right. Once you ask the question, the interviewer's job is done. Pretty much. I mean, unless they're going to pull a David Crockett or a mean Gene Okerlund and they're going to try and, you know, press them and show a little bit of personality, they're not necessary there. Right. And, and, but yeah. they're not going to do that. I mean, it's, you know, how do you feel about this match? Yeah, it's it's so generic. Tell us how you it, feel about this and it, match. And, and it doesn't help them any either because they don't have anything to play off of. They just have what they're thinking about. So it's, yeah, it's, but but overall, I mean, I'm happy that we're getting finally, because, you know, I have a great love for the NXT women's division. We we finally have another strong character coming up. You got a couple. I'm, I'm you got- Dana, Dana Brooke's going to be interesting. I'm waiting for her to, in ring, she's fine. I think. I think the promos. She's acceptable. Need, some, need work. She's acceptable, and that's about it. But Dana Brooke, you have coming up. I'm excited to see what they do, if anything, with the heel turn of Emma. Yeah, because I love Emma. Emma's the greatest. But I would like her to be able to be something, and do something worthwhile. And if you have this Emma heel turn on Bailey, if you have Becky Lynch going up against Sasha, if you have Dana Brooke beating the Carmellas of the world and the Blue Pants of the world, yeah. While she rises up to be an eventual challenger down the road. Alexa Bliss is kind of fighting her feet. Alexa Bliss, yeah. In the the, the promo department, at least. And also in the ring, to be honest with you. They got a pretty... I mean, they have a full women's division right now. I mean, I said when... I mean, and, you know, this may be a little bit past due, but since AJ's gone now, this would be a perfect time to reboot that entire division. 
It really would. On the main roster and just, you know, as I said, bring everybody up, well, everybody, and just make it a real thing and diversify your product a bit because, you know, I you, think it's a little stale, but that's You know me. what I, I fear? I fear that once Naomi gets her run with Nikki here, which may only last for a month for all I know, maybe two, is that they're going to bring back Tamina Snuka to wrestle the eventual winner of that instead of just bring up one of the fresh women from NXT. That's the rumor. I mean, she's coming I mean, back. Like, maybe she can fight for AJ. Because uh, last time she was on TV, she was the backup for AJ. I, <laughs> I've told you my off-the-wall off idea months ago, which was Tamina being babied all the Mrs. Tully Blanchard, no. but that's me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Tamina Russell. To be honest with you, I like her as a presence. I like her as a character. I'm not so high on her as an in-ring talent. Do you see the reactions going down? Have you noticed the reactions going? Uh, not a hundred percent by any means, but they're going down for Miz down now that he has the Miz not really to play off of. Well, they they need to do something with him because all he's doing is being Miz. He's being I the mean, Miz, and people don't like the Miz. Now, what are we supposed to cheer for this guy? Because he's the Miz, he's the new Miz? And they had him get beat by the Miz, and so now he's a geek again. He's a total geek. Yep, he's any good will, any Any goodwill they had, well, he's better than A-Rai. Oh, God, A-Rai's the best. But, I mean, now they, have to, now they have to look at him and reboot him again, and they don't know what to do with him, I don't think. So they're going to keep pull, bringing him out to get the cheap, the cheap, applause for the for the sunglass bit and that's it all right so we've gotten through raw and nxt which means the next half hour of our show is breaking down brad maddox's return good lord <laughs> or, or not what a waste what a effing waste uh let, to another show on the wwe network did you watch the on, john do you, wait, cena do you think what? do you think do you think this brad maddox thing is going to lead to him becoming director of operations and taking over kane since that's what it seemed to kind of intimate I think he's going to probably have some type of power because I would just find it so strange that they would bring him to TV in, where were they? Texas somewhere? Austin. They were in yeah, Austin. They were in Austin, Texas of all places. Like, why are you bringing him to TV? I mean, what's the deal with Brad Maddox? He's going to have some have, type of authority role. Well, they did that on, was it SmackDown or main event? They brought him in for a couple of squash matches to have him get beat and then didn't call him again for, for a few months. Um, no, that never happened, actually. He when was on he some house up? shows, but he was, he was never on, on house shows. Yeah, okay. he wasn't on SmackDown or main event. Okay. Um, I you probably just saw him at the PWG show and be like, "Hey, <laughs> there you are, Brad. Hi." See him at doing an improv show or something live with Chris Jericho with John Cena. Did you watch this thing? Nope. Mm, I did. I didn't have I didn't have enough time. I mean, it was, it was one of those and also there's nothing. There, eh. It was not necessary to view. All right, let me tell you this: yeah. it was not essential viewing. Thank you. But there's a lot of people out there, and I, you saw it on Twitter while this thing was going on. There was a lot of negative reactions to John Cena and Chris Jericho's uh, live with Chris Jericho show. Of a lot there. of negative reactions because nothing groundbreaking really happened. Because it wasn't real. It wasn't. I mean, you could see John Cena somewhat genuinely. I don't think anything John Cena ever says publicly will ever be real. Like, you could just hope it's, you know, somewhat more genuine than other things he says. Nothing's going to be real. This guy is in full on, you know, oh, face of the company mode. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think genuine's the right word because I think he genuinely thinks some of these things. I just don't think it gets below the surface of what he wants you to know. 
But I mean, this was one of those, like if you ever watch the tonight show, if you ever watch any of the late night TV talk shows, when they interview big stars, I mean, you're not getting in depth. It's just a, it's an easy viewing 50 minutes of Chris Jericho talking to the biggest star in the company. But was, people don't like those anymore also because well, it's just they're in there to plug their thing and to get out. Yeah. Well, That's, people watch yeah. them. Yeah, no. Because I mean, the Tonight Show gets viewers. I mean, sometimes you just want to appease those who want an easy TV show to watch. And this was exactly that. Like, I understand the negativity as far as, oh, John Cena didn't really say anything or John Cena wasn't asked any of the hard questions or... You know, Chris Jericho asked him on this thing, have you ever used PEDs? And of course he says, no, I've been the same size since I was 16. I work really hard, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what do you expect this guy to say? People are trashing the answer he gave. Well, one, what if it's real? What if he is not using any PEDs? Are you just going to trash him no matter what the answer is? I think people were not taking it as a Tonight Show-esque interview that it was meant to be and never advertised as more than that and just trashing it. Well, but also, I mean, look at the expectations they have. They saw Austin giving tough questions. And so they they think that the next guy is going to get... And, you know, those who listen to the Jericho podcast who were coming out... I mean, he doesn't give all softballs. He gives some softballs, but not all. I mean, I think it was just more of a... They need to kind of reprogram their audience here. And, and hey, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a... It's, it's going to be for 12-year-olds, pretty much. Yeah. And and that's kind of it. I mean, I, I ended up watching it. Um, I tuned in. I wanted to see what it would kind of look like. Um, and I, I got to say, I, I stayed with it the whole hour. I, I have an interesting question. and It has nothing to do with this podcast. You think Cena using that springboard stunner mm-hmm. is in any way a message? No. Okay. Nope. I just think it's a move then that I'll he can do. It. Then I'll drop it. Yeah, I think it's a move he can do, and the stunner, let's be real, hasn't been used in 10 years. I think it's fair game now. No, I know that, but it's also, I mean, it's basically used as a setup as opposed to a finisher. Well, that I find pretty strange because it's more devastating than a real stunner in a way. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, let's think of how many times people have kicked out of the F5 in the last week. No, I I, I get it. I was just, you know, I... I didn't think it was, but I just wanted to make sure my suspicions were okay. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't (laughs) think it honestly has anything... Uh, to do with anything, really. It's just another move. He can, what was the move he whipped out uh, on Raw this week? Because he did the springboard stunner, but he did something else, too. Didn't he? What am I thinking of? Maybe not. I don't know. I seem to remember him adding one extra move that was, again, different. Is, is this is this the portion of his career where he thinks he's going to become a workhorse and known for his in-ring well, specialty? he's had the... You know, he had the best match on Raw this week. He had the second best match on Raw last week. John Cena's good, everybody. Breaking news. Not saying he's good, but I think he wants to be transcendent now. Well, he's going to go out there with the workhorses of the company, the Cody Rhodes, the Dean Ambrose, the guy the fans, uh, you know, want to see in a match with John Cena. And he's he's going out there and having really good stuff. So I'm thrilled if they keep giving 15 minutes to John Cena. I'm very happy with, with what I'm watching. I'm just, I'm wondering how long it's going to go. Like, is this going to happen every week or is this something just for the build up to the Rusev match? Like I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with this and if there is an eventual winner and how long they wait to go with it. The winner is the fans. The winner is the fans. Um, <laughs> we watched, uh, we watched the war games main event. Yeah. From wrestle war, 1991, the first pay-per-view. 
in the WCW era after they split away from the NWA? The Jim Hurd era. This is the first one. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes creating this match, this War Games match. Well, he created it a few years prior. It was always a big event, though. Exactly. When he got the War Games, especially for people of my era and people of my fandom, the NWA, WCW, War Games was always a big deal because it was always a cool match to watch, even though it's, you know, it's not going to be known as any kind of technical masterpiece. It's a fight. It also happened a lot, happening over 20 times in a four-year span, this War Games match. That's a lot. Well, yeah, if you can if you count the Great American Bash on tour. You're you're counting house shows, you're counting, you know, pay-per-view events, you're But counting... at this but well, at this point, they weren't taking it on tour. At That's this true. point it was at this point it was a once a year deal. That's true. Um, but this was February of nineteen ninety one, Russell yes. War nineteen ninety one. Phoenix, uh, Arizona. The first <laughs> war games of the WCW era. Yes. As they split from the NWA. Um first thing you notice is uh, Tony Schiavone. Wait, 90 wasn't a WCW one? Nope, this is the first one. No, because they were part of the NWA. Yeah, but I mean, okay. I thought I still thought they were known as WCW. I thought they changed in 89. But okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for first it. First one in the non-NWA era. Tony Schiavone yeah. is the ring announcer. Yes, he is. God, was I sick of this guy's voice as he <laughs> interrupted the entire <laughs> match. <laughs> with, with time and, and, of course, the... <laughs> the long explanation of the rules, even though that this this was actually a shorter War Games match than most because they're only four on four explanation in this one. Yeah, explanation of the rules. He was counting down when there were 20 seconds left for a new person to come in, 15. Then he would count down from 10 to 1. Uh, he was, you know, him announcing all the names into this match, him announcing the winners. Tony Schiavone's voice was all over the show. And then, of course, your announcers were Dusty Jim Rose Ross and Jim Ross. And- Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was a good fit. I mean, this is the match that he made. Uh, he specialized, so you would figure. He knows, he knows the Horseman. Yeah, you know. he's fine. Uh, we had who were the participants in this one? It was the Four Horsemen. It was the Four Horsemen, the version of Ric Flair with mm-hmm. his new Spartacus haircut. Yep. Uh Barry Windham and Arn Anderson, the uh, former. Well, they used to be tag team. They had a really great match the year before against Doom. That was a and uh, Sid Vicious. Except Arn Anderson was injured, so uh, replacing Arn Anderson in this match, Larry Zabisco, mm-hmm. of course, Zabis- and Zabisco and Anderson would later go on to be known as the Enforcers, um, versus Sting, Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I forgetting people all those? Rick sentences? and Scott Steiner. Rick and Scott Steiner. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, I set you up to give you the names, and you don't even have them. What are you doing? I have them here, and I just—I was trying to do them. But wrote. I what are you doing? Oh God, I forgot that. But but basically, here's what you need to know going into the War Games match. This match didn't matter all that much. All this was was a setup for El Gigante versus Ric Flair. <laughs> and that's our review. Good night, everybody. No, no, but it was going to be, I mean, that was the major angle that they were going to be building towards uh-huh. after war games was Eligante. Brian Pillman was Eligante's friend because Brian Pillman's small, Eligante's big. It looks good on camera. Uh, the horseman had injured Pillman's shoulder going into this. And that would play a role as well in this match. And so to start off with, Unless you had something you wanted to uh, to uh, add, 
Uh, Barry Windham and, and Brian Pillman start when Pillman sneaks past his team to be the first man in, much to their chagrin. Sting was pissed. Yeah, and Windham bumps like hell for Pillman. And yeah, yeah Pillman's, Pillman's getting the better of him. And yeah. they do the uh, the coin toss gimmick where... Hold on, hold on, let me explain something. War games are all pretty much the same. Yeah. You have two men start, the face beats up the heel. Pretty much. Getting the better of them. You have a coin toss type gimmick or you've had a match previously where the heels win. Mm-hmm. Except unless Vince Russo's booking it. Okay. That's <laughs> true. I mean. It is true. So the heels come in and double team for two minutes after the first five minute period. Then the faces come in, even it up, beat on the heels for a while, get the better of them. And so on and so forth until everybody's in, and then it becomes submit or surrender. That's a war games match. Yep. And usually the phases win by by either exploiting a weakness that's very obvious when the match is set up, say JJ Dillon in the war games, or a chicken shit heel like Zabisco in ninety-two, or this one, which was a little different. But uh, we'll get into that. So continue. Yeah. So this war games, um, you have Pillman just taking it to Barry Windham. Yeah. The four horsemen win the coin toss and Ric Flair comes in. So now it's Flair and Windham who are getting the better of uh, Pillman. Oh, and Flair and Pillman chopped the hell out of each other. They did. They worked very hard. They worked very hard. All I could think during this match was when the hell is Sid coming in? I know. I, I want it right now. I know. I want it now. I don't want anyone else in this match. And you know what? This is why I give this... Uh, I, I take some of the match down a peg because we barely got any Sid Vicious. Look, what we got was plenty. But when we got Sid Vicious... No, hold on. We need to kill. continue on. We need I'm to not going to go run down this match every entrant by every entrant, all right? Give me, yeah. give me the main bullet points of this match, Jeff. What made it so great? I thought Zabisco did really well. Zabisco was awesome. Him selling... Like Selling flopping around. And oh my God. He flopped like a champ. He flopped for, what did Sid give him? Like Sid gave him, was it Sid? Sid gave him this weird move, like a double ax handle. No, it was Scott oh, Steiner. Scott, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner gave him the double ax handle. It just... Yeah. Oh my and God. Sting, Sting threw him all around like a rag doll. He was a rag doll in this match. Literally. Yeah. Larry Zabisco, I think was the star of this match to me. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought it was kind of smart when, when, uh, when it was time for Rick Steiner to come in, Flair and Wyndham both waited by the entrance for him to come in. Mm-hmm. You rarely see that in a war games where, where people have the wherewithal to actually have an advantage and go there. Uh, Pillman again, chops the crap out of Zabisco. Yeah. And then in comes sloppy Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. Killing dudes. With his red tights. And talking up a storm. The, the, yeah, that was interesting. Who, who talked more in their match this week? Sid in the war games or John Cena in, to stardust. Oh, Sid easily. Sid was like having full on conversations with the guys as he's like whipping them. And the camera, he was whipping Rick Steiner in. You ready? Uh, yeah. You, you ready? Is he on the top rope? All right, let's yeah. go. Like yeah. the camera's right in their face and they're catching the entire conversation between opponents, Sid Vicious and Rick Steiner. But it's all around Sid when they're catching it. It's like Pillman's yelling at Sid, tear off my tape off my shoulder. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah, so great. It sits on the ground yelling at someone to put the figure four on him because it's time. I'm like, my God, 
shut up and Sid, do the match. Sid was better on commentary for his own match than Byron Saxton was on Raw this week. Oh my God. So and good. Then, and then Sid kills Pillman. Just absolutely kills him with that first power bomb. Yep. Scott Steiner right was the, the last man in. It was a house of fire beating everyone up. But then it comes down to where all the guys are in one ring. Yeah. And Sid and Pillman are alone in the other ring. Sid has to wait for everybody to clear out of the ring. Yeah. Which well, well another... Sid, first of all, is so tall that he's only about a foot away from the top of the cage. I mean, you know the War Games cages. Yeah. They're pretty low hanging. They're, they're low hanging. I thought Pillman did really well doing some aerial stuff. On uh, consi- all things considered, well, that's why using, I was so impressed. The the cage. I was so impressed by the the double uh, axe handle bomb that Scott Steiner gave on Zabisco, right? Because yeah, he went up effortlessly. He never touched the cage even, and mm-hmm. went down easily. But yeah, Sid, who's a foot away from the cage, tried to lift Pillman up. Pillman's <laughs> feet get caught because there's nowhere else to go, and he slams him right down on his neck. Ugh. Look like death, and then of course they do another power Let's bomb do after another that. One. You, yeah. you okay, man? No. Yeah. Well, let's do no. another one anyway. Yeah, let's make it look good. <laughs> so they do another one, and Sid's just standing there. Pillman is dead on the mat, and here comes El Gigante running in to help his little buddy. You have Rhodes and Jim Ross on commentary. He said, these guys are pals. El Gigante's checking on his buddy. And, of course, Gigante goes uh. to Nick Patrick. I'm done. He's done. This match should end. And Nick Patrick makes the controversial call. To give the win to the four horsemen. I, I love that. That Oh, he's out. And you can see Pillman talking to him. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Yep. As if El Gigante even understands what Pillman is saying. My favorite part about the win, Larry Zabisco is so happy. Yeah. You hear him yelling, yes, yes. I was like, oh, Cause man. Because he, he didn't really help his team win any. He got lucky. <laughs> I just remember, oh, what was the spot? Oh, he had his... uh. One of the Steiners, I think, had had his head against the cage and had his foot on his neck or mm-hmm. something for like a minute. It was just gruesome to watch. But yeah, no, Larry Zabisco is, is the Hall of Famer. Larry Zabisco is, is yep. the MVP of this match. I he was the him. MVP. Uh, it went a little over 20 minutes. Uh, it was yeah. definitely an easy match to view. It's a shorter war game. Yeah. Part. I mean, it was interesting. The crowd was red hot for this match. Um you know, Which some, is fascinating because they're out, it's out of, uh, I mean, this is really WCW's first. Yeah, it's in Phoenix. Of major all show. I was shocked. West of, west of Chicago. I was shocked. There. Yeah. But the crowd was super hot into it. Dave Meltzer, back in the day, gave this match five stars. <sighs> the best rating you can give a match. I, I think that's more for story than and Larry Zabisco. Yeah, I when I <laughs> when I saw that I was expecting like a three and a halfer coming their way, maybe they're, four they're, based on the crowd reactions, but five stars. Sure, you're not mixing that up with ninety two. Nope, five 90, 90, stars. Ninety two is probably a better War Games. The early ones for the Horsemen. Let's see what are, he rated the ninety two one. He gave that one five. Wrestle I'm War ninety. He gave that one five stars. Also, yes, that one's really good as well. I mean, I think that's on this list. I, I think, think it can, is. Really? Yeah, he gave that one five stars also. No, he Dave Meltzer loved himself some war games. I love me some war games. I I enjoy all of them. I, I even enjoy the ones with like Bunkhouse Buck in it. So. Loved himself some war games matches. Uh but that was Wrestle War nineteen ninety one. Next week we have match number eighty two on the WWE network countdown of top one hundred matches to see before you die. Network. It is, what? <laughs> Did you say network? Network. 
Okay. Net work. Neck work. Neck work. Net- <laughs> Shut up. You're fired. Woo. Oh, yeah. You'd now like that, wouldn't the- you? Now I don't have to watch Raw. You would like that, wouldn't you? Uh, Steve Austin versus Dude Love. I signed a contract. From Over the Edge 1998. The match yeah. that Pat Patterson came in and wrecked all havoc all throughout the match. Changing the rules. This match know. came up recently because of the Brock Lesnar match at the main event of WrestleMania, how the rules changed in the middle. Oh, okay. And then I, we, I, people are bringing up Austin and do love, and here we are. It's, number, it's next on our list. How perfectly timed was that? Yeah, I remember seeing this originally, and I haven't seen it since, I don't think. So that will be cool. We'll watch that one, Steve Austin versus Dude Love. If you're following along, you can go to shakedumropes.com slash top 100 and get the entire list, including links to every show where we reviewed these matches. Uh, Before we go, we have a couple of Twitter comments and email questions I want to get to. Oh, Uh, excellent. Before that, we'll, uh, we don't have to talk a lot about it, but just we're breaking some, not really breaking some news, but mentioning the news that broke earlier today. Uh, USA Network will indeed be showing SmackDown this time next year. SmackDown is moving from sci-fi to the USA Network uh, as they wish, as NBC Universal wishes to just put all the wrestling on one channel so it's easier to uh, cross-promote with other things, make advertisements for. So uh, SmackDown moving to USA next year. And Tough Enough. Tough Enough is coming back. Coming back uh, earlier than I would have thought. Yeah, it's coming on USA this June. I hope they do. I wish they, I know they're not going to, but I wish they'd really kind of do something different with SmackDown rather than just make it more raw, but they're not. No. Um, I, you never know. I mean, you can always, everyone always wishes they would make it the more wrestling heavy show. And at times in its various runs, it has been the more wrestling heavy show. Just present it different. That's all I want. Really? Present I mean, it like I you want- did the first hour of this raw. Okay. John Cena and Stardust. You have Seth Rollins. Oh, I don't mean wrestling. I mean, I mean just even the aesthetics of it all because it's all the same. I mean, it's been the same since it was on UPN or whatever. So yeah, pretty much. Um, we had Danny Hernandez on Twitter. Hi, Danny. Made a comment. WWE is a sea of mid carders, and Stardust is a prime example of damaged goods that can never be fixed. Do you think that Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust, is set in this role and he'll never be anything more than his peak? What else is he supposed to be? I don't know. I mean, he's a me, cartoon. He's a cartoon. Character, he's a cartoon character now. Yeah, that's not going to be. That's not going to be a main event heel. No, I mean, the, the mid card guys are all going to be mid card guys because they're not big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's the way of WWE who wants spectacle in their top top of their card for the most part. We have a question from Andrew at the email, which is Rob at shakedemropes.com. If you have questions or comments, uh, Andrew says after Seth Rollins cashed in tonight, he became the first person to have held the NXT title and WWE title. Mm-hmm. I was wondering who you guys think will be the next person to achieve this. Who would be the next person? Do you think? <sighs> Nobody on the roster. See, that's, I think that's the same thing. Like, if I had to put money on someone who's held the NXT title to do it, I would put my money on Kevin Owens. Yeah. But at this point, I don't think we've had the NXT champion yet who will do this. 
No, I don't think, I don't, and I don't think they're going to do that with Owens. I, I, I really don't. Oh, it's, I, it's I, I don't really. I would put it less than fifty percent, but like he's the best odds right now to me. Like if you have an NXT champion who eventually becomes WWE champion, I don't think we've seen that person yet. No, and I honestly, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if we get the reversal of that before we ever get NXT to WWE. I would not be shocked if we see a WWE champion from the past win the NXT title. Wow, really? I don't know. What if you ever... I, 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 can't th- I can't think of any guy they'd put the main belt on uh, no, but that you know, they'd send down there to do that. Daniel Bryan. Oh, man. That's a good one. We're, ta- <laughs> we're talking... If NXT continues to progress... And it's two years down the road and we're in 2017 and Daniel Bryan, maybe, you know, maybe NXT is a bigger thing now. And they have someone from WWE maybe go to NXT for a short run or, or go there permanently. Are you telling me that Daniel Bryan maybe couldn't, you know, he's likely at some point to wrestle some of these NXT guys. I don't know. I could see a guy like Jason Jordan if he progresses. Yeah. Right now, if I had. If I was putting money on the most realistic possibility, I would say, yes, it could happen in the future, but I don't think we've seen that person win the NXT title yet to do so. I don't don't know if he's on the roster yet. I don't know if he's down there right now. Maybe a Finn Balor type if he ever wins the NXT title. You know know who I would pick Hmm. right now? Adam Cole. Yeah. If Adam Cole goes to NXT and wins that title and gets put up to the main roster, he has a shot at it. I, I don't see them. I don't see them putting the main belt on Balor. I you, just don't. If you put Uha Nation down there and he gets over in NXT, that that's, could be. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah, he's the type of guy who could be something in WWE. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've seen the guy debut on NXT TV yet who could eventually do this next. But if I was putting money on someone who's down there to do it, it would be Kevin Owens to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for this week, Jeff. Unless there's anything else we have failed to cover. No, I don't think we have. Big week in WWE coming up next week as they go to the United Kingdom for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, so we'll see if the crowds uh, can are going to be as hot as they have been. I was surprised at how hot the Austin crowd was. Honestly, I thought that was a really good crowd. No, they're they're a really good wrestling city. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the UK crowds will be. I mean, they're hot for TNA for God's sake. I think it's a good move for Neville. Oh, that's what I'm Neville. Uh, I think uh, I think Sheamus will get a Bar- grand Barrett. amount of heat. Barrett. Barrett. I, I think you got to keep Barrett away from Daniel Bryan because that's the one like. Uh, yeah, that's the iffy one. Yeah, keep put Barrett maybe with a Dean Ambrose or put him with a Dolph Ziggler because, yes, the fans will still cheer those two guys. You know but, what? I, th- I think I'd keep him away from Dean in the UK, too. I'd yeah. put him with uh, someone of no consequence. Maybe a Stardust. Have him beat up Stardust in a match. Yeah. Or, you know, even, you know, a Lucha Dragon. I don't know if you want to kill the dragons yet in that way. Uh, you well, want just the, one you want the dragons not, not, to be the biggest stars of the segment they're in, and they would not be if they were in a in there with Wade Barrett. Well, no, you can you can put Kalisto in a singles match and he'll be fine, and you can kill Sin Cara. And I don't know if you want to. I wouldn't do that at all. I keep all them right. separated. Uh, but right. that is uh, WWE for next week. We're going to talk match number eighty-two on the countdown. Austin and Dude Love, plus anything else that breaks in the world of WWE. Uh, we'll and- do. It- and? and if and if you want to talk war games with me, my Twitter handle is crapgame13. Crapgame13, shake them ropes on Twitter, shakethemropes.com, voicesofwrestling.com. For this week, shake them ropes. Rob McCarron saying goodbye. And good luck. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? 
Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.